Hello and welcome back to the podcast and thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts on Instagram at Bloodborne1, Facebook.com slash Bloodborne1, on Twitter at Bloodborne, YouTube.com slash Bloodborne, and most importantly on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Bloodborne. everybody welcome back to the podcast for episode 22 uh, in this show we're going to be talking about the barrier of entry and what that really means for us is how much does it actually cost to uh, start playing an mmo and, and specifically we're going to be using the examples around the lord of the rings online so uh let's really just dive into it um as most of you know the Lord of the Rings Online is a free-to-play game. That wasn't always the case. Uh, as with a lot of MMOs, back in the day, they were subscription only. There were a couple out there uh, that were, you know, you just buy the game and you play. There was no subscription cost. But the vast majority of the big titles were, you know, you would buy the game. So you had a, a box price. And usually that was going to float anywhere between 40 to $60, most of them in the 50 to 60 range. And then you were going to have a monthly subscription. And this is where the, the rise of games as a service came about. Uh, and that would usually run about $15 a month. So for your first month of playing the game, you're really looking, um, well, I, I, I want to take a step back here. Because normally when you would buy the game, you would get your first month free or there was a free trial for a week or something to that effect. So you, you could play a, a somewhat of a demo or, you know, some free time. But then, uh, so let's get past that part and you get into, so I've paid for the game. We'll say we're just going to call it an, an even $60 for a AAA title. And then you have your $15 a month. Now, some companies did a thing where it was, and to this day still do, where if you pay for more months in advance, you get a discount. Um, me personally, since I don't have a lifetime account for Lord of the Rings Online, I pay for the three months at a time. Now, if you do that, it's $10 a month, which is a really great value. Um, and if you think about it, again, it's all a matter of perspective. And we talked about this on stream the other day is a value of perspective and, and cost. And so what it looks like for me personally is that it's either $10 a month or I'm paying for two months and getting one free. So uh, I, don't, I don't find the value in paying for the full year like some people do, and that's totally fine. 
um you you have to you have to be the one to validate the value um of how much you're paying and in this case for me it's you know 30 bucks every quarter uh is, is fine so but the 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 term barrier of entry we use a lot and we use that when it comes to the game itself from a monetary perspective we use it from the within the game from accessing certain types of content and so what we will look at there was an article that was published on mmorpg.com uh which is a great site they they do a lot of stuff over there they actually review a lot of games they've got the the ratings on all the games uh it's a, it's a great hub if you're looking for information around any particular mmorpg whether it's uh in production if it's uh, been canceled or anything like that so uh there's there's an article uh written by joseph bradford on january 13th if you're looking for it and it's specifically talking about is the Lord of the Rings Online too expensive for new players to enjoy? Now, there's a couple things with this title that uh, kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit. Is it too expensive for new players to enjoy? There's a lot of, uh, of subjectiveness to this. And, uh, you know, it does read more of a, a like, of an op-ed type situation where it's, you know, it's an opinion. Um, anytime you're asking a, uh, your title of your article is a question, you are really leaving it open as this is your opinion. And these are the reasons why I think this way. Now, largely I agree with a lot of it. Um, it's easier for a veteran player from the ones that I've talked to in my own personal experiences, I feel like it's easier for a veteran player to justify the cost of the game because they already have so much, so much invested into it. So there's inherent value in the memories that they've created playing the game. Um, when you can say, ah, oh, man, remember when we did the rift the first time and we, you know, we spent hours and we wiped on the first, but when we wiped on bars and then likewise, you remember the first time we actually finished the Balrog and we completed the rift. So, and those memories that stick with you. So things like that generate value for your dollar. And so something like this, um, you know, $15 a month, or, you know, if you're doing a higher tier of payment. So like in my case, the, the $10 a month for three months, uh, so $30. I get a lot of value out of it. I get a lot of time in the game. Uh, the actual cost per time is very, very low for me. And there's a lot of players that's even lower. Uh, and so that's what I mean. It's a, it's a matter of perspective. So is it too expensive for new players to enjoy? Well, that depends on the player and that depends on what they determine their value as. Um, is it too expensive based on how much content costs relative to other games? Absolutely. 
And again, that is still subjective. But if you look at it, um, if you look at the cost of the expansions and you look at the cost of the, the subscriptions uh, and you look at that against, say, you know, still arguably the industry leader is World of Warcraft. Um, now, obviously, Blizzard's had some issues over the last six months to eight months. But as you know, if you look at Warcraft as the example, and, as, and specifically World of Warcraft, um, that is still a subscription-only game. And they do quite well with it. Games that don't do too well out of the gate or can hold their subscribers end up going to a free-to-play model. And the limitations of, of certain games will cause you to probably question, do I want to play this game at all? Or do I just pay for it and get the enjoyment out of it? Um, but like, if you look at how much um, the expansions are for, for Lord of the Rings on uh, online, you know, it's, they've brought some of them down over the past uh, couple months. Like the big one that was uh, holding up for a long time was, was Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep was for some reason still $40 by itself when you could buy the most recent expansion for $40 on its base value. That just didn't make sense uh, for, for a while. But on the website right now, like if you're looking at base editions, I'm not talking about collectors. I'm not talking about fan bundles or anything like that. I'm talking about standard or base editions. So you're looking at Minas Morgul. The most recent expansion is $39.99. Uh, standard edition of Mordor, $39.99. Helm's Deep finally dropped from $39.99 to $19.99. Riders of Rohan is $19.99. Rise of Isengard is 19.99. Mines of Moria is 1999, and Siege of Mirkwood is 9.99. Realistically, uh, now this is an opinion here, is I think anything that is older than Mordor should be 9.99, and there needs to be, um. I mean, you could do it like the Star Wars method, uh, Star Wars, the old Republic. Like if you have an act active subscription, you just have the game. Does that generate more revenue? Does that generate rev more revenue than buying individual content? I don't know. No one's going to publish that kind of information. No, one, no one's going to do that. Um, but again, back to the, the barrier of entry. So the cost, and we'll get into the game side of it in a little bit, but the, the content cost, I think the barrier of entry is still a little high, you know, cause you're looking at, uh, you got, let's see, we got Rise, Riders, Helms, Mordor. Well, actually, no, you got Moria. So we got a hundred dollars it wrapped up in that one hundred and ten a hundred and fifty so you got 
roughly $200 if you wanted to do that. Like if you wanted to just buy all the content. And that's everything. And then having an active sub. So, you know, if you wanted to have your first month and all of the content, you know, uh, that is going to run you about 210, 215 bucks somewhere in that ballpark. Now here's the argument I have with that. Cause that's usually the, the negative outlook on the cost. No one said you have to buy all that up front. There's no reason to buy all of it up front unless you just have that much disposable income and you just want to have all the goodies from all those things. Buy what you want as you get to it. I mean, you can play level 50 without having any of the, the stuff. You can just have an active sub to the game, play level 50, ready to hit Moria. So buy Moria and enjoy it. And then when you're ready for Mirkwood, buy Mirkwood. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I think so, so many people get so engrossed and enveloped in the, the cost of the total package versus pieces of the puzzle that you need at the time. And I think that's where part of the problem comes from. But again, that's just from the content side. Uh, there's other stuff with the store. Like if you're, if you're in the free to play model and you're, uh, you know, you're grinding out your Lotro points and you're buying quest packs and expansion packs that way. You are a unique individual that I would say you are far better than me because I could not do that. There's no way. I don't have that kind of time or fortitude to sit there and grind out points to get content. I can't do that. There's no way. So <laughs> if you're one of those people that can do that, have at it and best of luck to you. But when we get into the in-game side of things, there's individual areas of the game that have their own barriers of entry. And I think the biggest one is, is legendary items. And there's really no hope in sight for this. I mean, in a producer's letter last year, they talked about legendary stuff. And maybe in... You know, there was a talk later on about maybe 2020 and, and stuff like that. Well, we're in 2020 and we haven't had a producer's letter yet. So we'll see what happens with that. But if your goal is end game in any fashion with Lord of the Rings Online, uh, you do have a pretty steep barrier of entry. Because to be remotely competitive in end game situations, whether it be dungeons, raids, PvP, anything like that, you need to get your legendaries all the way up. And that is a lot of resources that you are either paying for, because you can pay for the, the upgrades out of the store, or you're running a crapload of content to hopefully get the resources that you need to upgrade those legendaries. A lot of times you're looking at running older content because it's the most efficient and effective way to get those resources that you need to upgrade your legendaries. Um, so that part by itself is, is pretty steep. Then you're looking at the gear side. Once you start getting into essence gear, that's a whole separate barrier because it's hard enough to get the gear that you need. The gear that you need has additional requirements that 
you need to put essences into, and those require that you either have a lot of money in game, you have friends that are willing to help you out, you get really lucky with solvent drops, um, or you just use the lower essences that aren't as great because you have to sit there and run a bunch of content and get embers of enchantment to uh, get the, the boxes from the vendor. And you, the barrier of entry for that is either monetary or time. Um, now, comparatively, I've been playing, uh, if you guys have been watching the stream, you guys know I've been playing a lot of Star Wars The Old Republic lately. And I think that as much as I really do have a disdain for EA and their business practice and how much they tend to gouge people on every piece of content, like there was a joke that we were talking about. If you want to look at this menu, it's going to cost you cartel coins. Like really, it's, it's that kind of intense over there. But again, if you're subscribed, a lot of that is kind of out of the question. And then you're really just paying for your cartel coins or for convenience and vanity and that kind of stuff I'm okay with. Like if, if you're paying for convenience, I don't, I don't give a shit. You can spend all the money you want for convenience. The only problem I have is if you're paying real dollars for things that are of equal or greater quality than gear that you can earn in the game that I have a legitimate problem with. And that should not be a business practice by anybody in game development period. End of story. Uh, because that just says, Hey, I've got a lot of money, so I'm just going to buy all the best stuff. Well, I'm a better player than you. I just don't have time. So I have to sit here and I can either spend the money, which I don't want to do, or I can sit here for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of grinding to maybe get some of those pieces. That's the kind of situation I have a problem with. Vanity, mounts, cosmetics. You want to look like a badass, you can pay for it. Sure, that's fine. I don't care about that stuff. I think that's the place of the Lotro store, the uh, cartel market, you know, the PUBG store, the Epic store, like that's all fine. You start introducing gear into there. That's a, that's a whole different ball game that I, I do have a problem with. But, um, so like getting a character up in star Wars, I've been playing it for three or four weeks again. And my character that I've been playing is the highest item rating that you can have. And he's just been doing flashpoints and doing the content. And it's like, I don't have to have all this other crap to have enjoyment and be competitive in PVP. Um, I'm not doing ranked right now, so I don't, I don't care about that. If I do ranked, I will spend the time and get those extra pieces that I need. Uh, but it's, I'm in a spot where I can hop into any content that I want to do. And it didn't take that long. There wasn't that big of a barrier of entry to get back into the game and get into the, the current end game situation and, and have fun. That's not true for Lord of the Rings. And as much as I love this game and will always play this game, uh, that's just not the case. It's not the case. There's so much that you have to do to be competitive. And it takes a long time and a lot of resources. 
Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, the like I said, if you want to check out that article, it is over on MMORPG. There's actually a link to it in the podcast topics over on my Discord. Um, it was listed by Wobbin, so I want to thank him for uh, linking that in there, and it's a pretty interesting thing to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, the, the cost of gaming is a unique topic by itself, because I think you look at a AAA title and it's, and it's base value is always $60. It's the base value for a, for a AAA title has been $60 for years. And I don't think the cost of a game has, has gone up with inflation and like, naturally, I don't want to pay more for a game. I don't want to pay more as a consumer for a game. But on the flip side, I feel like a developer should be paid adequately for the work that they're doing. And if it's costing a studio X amount more over the course of the last five years to develop a game, then the cost of the game should reflect that. And it shouldn't be necessarily through a store that has... Um, What's the word I want to use for that? You know, it's a little bit more volatile of income. It's not as much of a guarantee. Like if somebody buys the game, you know how much revenue you're getting. But if somebody goes in and they buy some points or they have points because they're a subscriber, it's a little bit more fluid and it's not as, as concrete. So I, I don't know, like, what the long term is, what the, you know, the five-year outlook, the 10-year outlook on this situation is. But um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of the the situation kind of coming back. Um, you saw some of it with uh, even Call of Duty. There was no paid DLC on it. If you bought the game, all the DLCs are coming with it. But they actually have a cash shop now, too, that you can buy stuff out of. And again. I'm fine with it because it's all vanity and the way you look. I'm fine with that. I don't care. But if, if the second that you could buy a gun out of there that was, you know, just mopping people up, well, then, then we have a problem. So, uh, all in all is the barrier of entry, you know, for Lord of the Rings online. Is that too high? From a monetary standpoint, I'm going to put a couple qualifiers on here. It's too expensive if you're looking at it as I'm going to buy all of the content and have an active sub right out of the gate. Yes, it's too expensive. Um, because that content is that much older now. Um, I... I would like to see how many more people would subscribe and have an active subscription if they went the route that EA went with Star Wars. And if you have an active sub, you have flat out all of content. The release schedule that Standing Stone Games follows, I think would genuinely support it. Because they release stuff on 
And most of the time it's like a quarterly at the long side of things every six months. Um, there's new stories or new dungeons or new regions or there's always new content. And I think if you were just an active sub, I think you would just get that. Now, interestingly enough, um, I believe I haven't seen any news differently on this, that ashes of creation is still going with, they're going to have oh, it's sub only, but there's no box cost. Now that is different there. I'm sure there's a game or two out there that has done it, but never has a triple a title to my knowledge done it where you just, you're paying for a live service and you you're not paying for a box copy. Um, and so that's effectively what Star Wars is doing now. And I think that's a great way to go. You, you have a, a service. So you're paying for the service. It's just like if you have, you know, Office 365 or, you know, Creative Cloud or iCloud or any of these services, you're paying for that service so you can use it whenever you damn well please. And that's cool. And games that are living, breathing worlds like an MMO maybe should work off of that premise more. Maybe it should just be you pay for a subscription, but you don't pay for content. I don't know. I think the more I think about it, I think more people would be playing those games because, and if they're playing longer, the, the studio is going to make more money off of that than because there's no, well, I guess there's overhead on it because you have a studio and you have, you know, you have headcount and you have, you know, hardware and you have servers and all that stuff. So you, you do have overhead on that, but you know, you don't have, you're not like manufacturing a product that has to be distributed. You're literally putting out a product as a live service that just needs to be maintained. So I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's the answer for MMOs. Like obviously that, that wouldn't really work for like a, a triple a single player game like that. You're really going to play one time through maybe a, a couple times through. But when you have a, a game like an MMO that you can go anywhere, do anything, interact with other people, it's living, breathing, it's updated frequently. That is a game as a service and that, that should be treated differently than a triple a single player title. It should be because it is different. So I don't know why we, we treat them the same way as paying a box cost for the game and, and whatnot. So Let's see in the long term if the Star Wars model and the Ashes of Creation model, let's see if that becomes the norm. And so you either have one of two options. You're either free to play uh, and it's not that great of an experience, but you, you can play for free or you're paying for the service. Uh, and, and think about that. A lot of, a lot of services do that. There's a free version of the service, like, you know, so like uh, iCloud, for example, you get five gigabytes of, uh, of storage for free, uh, you know, Google, uh, Google Drive and stuff like that, or Dropbox or, you know, any of those things, you get a, a free version of it and it's a stripped down uh, version or you don't get 
you know, as much storage as somebody who's paying for it. Uh, but the second you start paying for it, the doors open up, the, the experience is better. There's more features. Um, and so maybe that's the route we go. Maybe that's the route we need to go is a MMO, which is a game as a service, be treated as a service more than a game from the payment side. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so to wrap that back up again is, uh, is Lord of the Rings online too expensive for new players? Um, yes and no. You know, uh, it's, it all depends on value, what you perceive value to be. Uh, are you getting value for your $15 a month or paying the game or playing it for free and, and doing the, the points is your perspective that it is to expect, uh, you know, like I, I think veteran players of every game make assumptions for other people without actually asking the other people and myself included, like you see it all the time on the forums. You see, Oh, if they just do this, so many people are going to play this game again. It's like, no, probably not. But see, I just made the same assumption that probably they won't. Um, you could, you could say like, I think that if, you know, PVP was fixed, I think some of, my friends will come back and play because that's what they really enjoyed in the game. That makes a little bit more sense. But if you're, if you're doing broad strokes and saying, you know, if, if Lord of the Rings online fixes PVP, then there's going to be so many people playing this game again. Probably not. Like that's, that's not the right view on that. I don't think because what are you using to quantify it? What are you using to qualify that statement? Um, the one I used as an example is, you know, I know five people that would most likely come back because one, they've told me like that was the most fun they've ever had in a game is, is PVP and Lord of the Rings online early game. And they will ask me frequently is like, has it been updated? So that tells me they want to come back if that changes. So, um, yeah, I, those are the the big principles I think about is like, do we uh, just assume that a quote unquote new player isn't going to enjoy this because of the cost? Um, are we assuming that they're not going to like it because they're going to have to do so much work on their character? Maybe that's why they're playing. Maybe that's in their budget. Maybe they don't care about any of that stuff but their friends are playing it. So they want to play with them. And that's the most important piece. So I think we, uh, myself included, we all presume to know what other players are thinking and want. And the only way we can actually ever know that is for those players to tell us, to write it on the forums, to tweet about it, to put it on Facebook comments, to do it in Twitch chat. And if that's not happening, well, then we're just making assumptions. But yeah, games are expensive. They're, they cost a lot to make. They cost a lot to maintain. People deserve to be paid for the work that they do. Uh, if 
you think you can do better, go do better. Go be better. And you know what? That's kind of like if you ever watch the stream and you see when we're on our talking screen and it says always be epic, always be excellent. There's a reason for that. And that's because you should be for yourself and for other people. All right, let's go do it for this one, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, catch you on the live streams every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday starting at 10 p.m. Make sure you're following all the social media. That way you get all the updates no matter what I'm doing and where I'm doing it. And I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Have a good one.